0: is ProRata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smart on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Max On today's show, we work sues SoftBank and Airbnb buys a buffer. But first, the race to reopen. So this Sunday is Easter and America isn't reopening. Not offices, not churches, not schools. Everyone wants it to, of course, but it's just not safe yet. And there's no interest in putting things back online, only to have to pull them back offline a week or two later in the midst of yet another outbreak. So a few things to think about. First, reopening decisions will be made on state and local levels, not at the federal level. And we could see that happen first in areas that have peaked early, including maybe Washington state and New York. Second, before reopening, we're going to need a ton more testing than we currently have, not just of those with symptoms, but of those without. And then we're going to need established programs of contact tracing, an enormous undertaking that's sure to raise all sorts of civil liberties issues. Third, the economic pressures to reopen are only going to grow as every day closed not only puts more pressure on businesses and workers, but also on governments that rely on sales tax and other taxes to fund operations, including teachers, cops and sanitation workers. Finally, even if business does come back, likely in some sort of staggered way, no one yet knows what it's going to look like in terms of individual willingness to be near one another in the absence of a vaccine. Will folks still be willing to congregate in stadiums and shopping malls? We just don't know. The bottom line turning on is going to be much harder than turning off. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Chief Financial Correspondent Felix Salmon. But first, this Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata podcast. We're joined now by Axios Chief Financial Correspondent, Felix Salmon. So, Felix, let's talk here about reopening America and take the dates out of it, you know, Easter or June 1st or whatever. When you think about the idea of reopening the country, is it your belief we would have to do this slowly or could the president and governors just say, here we go, everybody back to work?
1: So there's no way you can flip an on switch as easily as you can flip an off switch. We've seen countries around the world New Zealand is a prime example, just switching the off switch and saying everyone has to stay at home for four weeks, all activity stops. And that's actually quite easy compared to flicking the on switch, because an on switch, when you have a virus which is as widely dispersed as it is in the United States, will come back, the R0, the infectivity of the virus, means that it will come back immediately if you just go back to where we were before so once you bring the number of new cases down to close to zero then what you have to do is very carefully allow bits and pieces of the economy to come back on stream in a way that doesn't allow the virus to come back if you just let everyone out onto the beaches into the sports stadia into the bars then you have actually managed to achieve nothing from the lockdown and you're just going to need to do the whole thing all over again.
0: For starters, I think you introduced a new word, infectivity. I don't know if that's a word, but if so, that's fantastic. I like that. So let me ask about that. There seems to be two issues here. There's the virus piece of this, right? You know, if you let everybody back in, people could start getting sick again, and we would be back, you know, pick a date in September where we are today. There's also the business aspect. Let's assume for a minute there were a vaccine and everybody were healthy. Is it easy to just flip the on switch just from a pure economic business standpoint? Or is that too going to be difficult? Because we're arguably going to have so many companies that have gone out of business, we're going have, you know, leases and questions between landlords and their lenders. Take the virus out of it for a moment. Could we even flip the on switch if the virus itself were dealt with?
1: So we've had businesses which have closed their doors in a very literal sense all of the bars and restaurants and retailers have not been operating and they have contracts that obligate them to make rent payments and stuff like that that doesn't mean they're out of business the articles of incorporation are still there and if they have signed up for say the ppp program from the small business association they are keeping 90% of their staff on payroll and theoretically they should be able to open back up which then raises the question of what happens to all of those rent payments which were accruing while they were shut and those negotiations are going to have to get worked out But yeah, no one knows quite how those negotiations are going to get worked out, how long that will take. What's more dangerous is that people who have been laid off, people who have been furloughed, might not just automatically come back to work. They might have moved to a different state. They might not want to go back into a situation where they're in close contact with people. There are many, many reasons why you can't just pick up where you left off. There's a bunch of sort of intellectual capital involved in running any business. There's a bunch of knowledge that people have in terms of being able to come in every day and do their job every day which has been lost during this crisis and getting back up to speed on those routines especially in a changed world where your customers are going to change and the amount of business you get once you reopen is going to change is very difficult and it's going to be hard.
0: On the issue of the virus possibly coming back, I watched some of uh, President Trump's like two hour press conference yesterday and this issue of testing obviously comes up and he pushes back and says there's plenty of testing. But the thing that doesn't come up during these conversations is testing of asymptomatic people and contact tracing. Is it your feeling that until we have actually gotten our head around that, this idea that we really need to figure out who has been infected, who hasn't, that the entire conversation concept of reopening is irrelevant. Right now, we need to test people who've got coughs and fevers, and that's understandable, and we need to make that better. But until we do the second part, which is everybody else, we can't really seriously talk about reopening America's economy.
1: So we can talk about it.
0: Okay, sorry, we can't enact it. We can't do it.
1: In order to reopen effectively, you need to know exactly where the virus is, and you need to be able to clamp down on it super aggressively wherever you find it and in order to be able to do that you need two different types of testing frankly you need what the testing that you're talking about which is testing of everyone including the asymptomatic and not just once but multiple times and then you also need the serological testing which will let you know whether you have had the disease which is very useful because those people are presumptively immune and they can be like, on the front lines of you know bars and restaurants and stuff and be much safer in terms of trying not to spread the disease.
0: We keep hearing from CEOs, and Axios wrote about this. Uh, Mike Allen, Jim VandeHei wrote about this yesterday, that, that CEOs obviously are itching to get the economy reopened and their companies reopened. Do you feel when you listen to CEOs talk, or even when you listen to politicians talk, have they internalized this second part yet, right? Like this entire crisis has seemed to be a question of cascading internalization, right? Certain people realized earlier than others that we were gonna have to go into lockdown, that we were gonna have to close schools. And everyone seemed to come to that realization at different points. Do you feel that CEOs and politicians have yet realized what is truly needed to reopen the economy outside of just, quote, flattening the curve?
1: There's this idea of the dance, right? The hammer and the dance, that the hammer is where you lock down and that you try and get the number of new infections down to zero. And then there's the dance, which is where you reopen bits and pieces. You do lots of testing. You do lots of contact tracing. You do lots of mask wearing. There's a lot of different elements to it. And what you try and do is reopen as much as you can without bringing the spread of the virus back up again. And no one knows what that looks like no one knows how much of the economy that's going to be able to affect. And the thing which is just super painful for CEOs is it's completely out of their control. It's up to the government, and frankly, in America, that means the individual state governors to decide which kinds of businesses they want to allow to reopen first. You know, are you going to allow office workers in first? Are you going to allow say, luxury goods retailers to open first or art galleries because they don't involve a lot of human contact, that kind of thing. That's up to governors. It's not up to CEOs. And that sense of powerlessness is extremely uncomfortable for any CEO.
0: It's also incredibly interesting when you think of governors and states, you know, that compete constantly for jobs and they compete constantly for companies, you know, often via tax breaks or other things like that. Ultimately, this question, is business allowed to be open and is it safe because the governors in those states have indeed done testing and contact tracing, might become the new question about whether somebody wants to base their companies in a state or not. Felix Salmon, chief financial correspondent for Axios, who writes the weekly Axios Edge newsletter, which you can get at signup.axios.com. Thanks for joining. Thank you. My final two right after this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech from the Valley to DC. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the ProRata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is the latest in the saga of WeWork, the co-working company that is trying to survive at a time when the government is telling most of us to work from home. Last week, we discussed how investment firm SoftBank decided to bail on a $3 billion tender offer for WeWork shares, which had been part of a massive rescue plan agreed upon last fall. SoftBank's argument essentially was that certain closing conditions hadn't been met, including the roll-up of a Chinese joint venture, and that the opening of civil and criminal investigations into WeWork had created new liabilities. Well, this morning, WeWork struck back. A special committee of its board filed suit against SoftBank in Delaware, arguing breach of fiduciary duty and breach of contract. It claims that the Chinese joint venture failed because SoftBank pressured third parties to not sign required paperwork, and that SoftBank knew about those civil and criminal investigations when it signed an amended deal contract last December. The bottom line, a lot of current and former WeWork employees were counting on this money, and they've gotta be hoping for a quick settlement out of court rather than a protracted legal battle at a time when many courtrooms are closed. And finally, let's turn to another unicorn company, Airbnb, which yesterday announced that it's raised $1 billion in new debt and equity funding to basically give it a bit more buffer as it waits for people to begin traveling again, plus to help fund some rescue packages for its so-called superhosts. The big picture here is that Airbnb could be in the midst of an existential crisis. Even once we all begin traveling again, there are big questions as to whether many of Airbnb's existing users will prefer hotels where they believe the cleaning is more thorough. Or, on the other hand, if many hotel users will move to Airbnb, which doesn't have crowded lobbies and elevators. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Beer Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro ProRata podcast.